themselves in a really strange situation on Saturday. And it's one that Penn State fans have been furious about all weekend long. And I've been thinking about how did Penn State get into this situation right here? It's fourth and two. The game is on the line. And the target on this pass with Penn State trying to beat Michigan final gas for the game is Cam Sullivan Brown. An off injured no longer starter on the Penn State football team at receiver. A former four-star receiver who's gone through a lot of injuries, ups and downs in his career, would have made a great story if uh, he had caught the ball, but he didn't. And Penn State lost the game 21-17. More to the point, Penn State can't score points. They scored 17 points in a game where they moved the ball up and down the field and had 86 individual plays. So what's going on? How did Penn State State find themselves in such a strange situation where they're targeting Cam Sullivan-Brown three times in clutch situations in the fourth quarter? Well, there's, as always, it's a number of things. As James Franklin likes to say, it's all of it. Now, I'm not going to leave you there. We're going to talk about the different factors that go into how Penn State has become a team that can't score points. For a team that was one of the more explosive and and dangerous offenses in the country over the majority of James Franklin's career, they have become a team that scores, as Nate Bauer wrote earlier this week at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com, a team that scores 17 points a game in the Big Ten. That's just not good enough, and it's also not who they are. For a team that values explosive plays more than anything but turnovers, something has to have gone wrong. So we're going to take a look at that today. And for people that want to say coaching, coaching, it's coaching. It's obviously coaching. We're going to be taking a look at James Franklin, the recruiter, not James Franklin, the head coach, because what happens in the 364 days before a football game determine and lead to the outcomes that happen on the football field. So we're going to dive into some of the things that have gone on over the last several seasons at Penn State and how they have lost their fangs on offense. And that's the part we're going to focus on specifically is the offense. But we're taking a look at the transfer portal because I believe this has had a major impact on Penn State as a team and not maybe in the way you might think because Penn State and a lot of teams, a lot of teams lost players the first year of the transfer portal And it's leveled out a little bit here and there, but it is still a thing you have to deal with every single season. Uh, And James Franklin, by the way, is an old school football coach for what people think of him. He does not like the transfer portal. He's gone on record many times talking about the problems it has from a moral teaching standpoint to a logistical standpoint for the players that go into the portal and never find a home. And the unspoken part for him is, He has so very little control over his roster and can't predict or project who's going to be there from year to year. And not not that you should feel bad for him, but if you want to be a Penn State fan that has a winning football team, that is absolutely something that needs to be solved every single year. So here are the portal departures since its inception in October of 2018. Now, in 2019, after the season, these are the players that left via the transfer portal. You can see a a lot the first year. Tommy Stevens, Mark Allen, Alex Gellerstad, Danny Dalton, Irv Charles, Juwan Johnson. 
Now, a lot of those players were older and longer in their career. They wouldn't affect today, but the point is cumulative. Michael Johnson Jr., Mac Hippenhammer, Ricky Slade, Justin Shorter, a big name in 2020, left the program. And then finally in 2021, everyone is aware, Will Levis, Micah Bowen, CJ Thorpe, and receiver John Dunmore all transferred out of the program. Now, none of those individual players outside of maybe Will Levis or Jawan Johnson, who went on to be a part-time starter at Oregon, are really guys that you're talking about as far as Penn State lost them? Oh, man. I can't believe that happened. They went on to be so great at another destination. Some of them, like Ricky Slade, aren't in football anymore. C.J. Thorpe is not in football anymore. But what the transfer portal does is it doesn't take starters from you necessarily. It takes the important depth players and the guys that if they stay in your program, there's an outside chance they could develop. Even if they're there for one or two critical passes, one or two critical plays, they've helped the football team. They're part of the story that moves you down the line as a winning football program. That was a built-in advantage that a lot of teams had uh, before the transfer portal is those players that were maybe good enough to make plays but not start, they were there in case something happened to a starter. And what's happened since then is, again, Franklin, I, I've said and I've told you that James Franklin is not a fan of the transfer portal. Now, here's the proof. Here are the number of players that have come into the program via the transfer portal. And as you can see, not a lot. And I'm including all players, not just offensive players, as I did with the departures. Weston Carr was a transfer portal incoming player along with Jordan Stout in 2019. And if you're watching on YouTube, this is not this is not a bad graphic. There were no players in 2020. And in 2021, James Franklin finally hit the transfer portal and brought in a number of players that you know and, and, and are aware of. A.J. Litton, Johnny Dixon, Derek Tangelo, Arnold Ebikidi, and of course, John Lovett. Those are the players that have entered via the transfer portal, all of them in this last season. Addressing holes on the roster, depth problems created, especially on the defensive side of the ball, by players leaving via the transfer portal. Uh, we didn't include any of the defensive players, but Penn State has a problem at defensive tackle where guys like uh, Judge Culpepper, uh, Daniel Joseph, Shane Simmons all left via the transfer portals. Again, some of those guys, maybe their time had come to an end at Penn State, but they're still valuable depth players that if the transfer portal didn't exist would still be on the football team. Or they would have, you know, some of them were graduate seniors, they would have left. But the point being that you need to use the transfer portal because what happens if you don't is what's happened to Penn State right now. You become an incredibly young football team. And for some teams around the country, some high-profile elite teams, they could get by because they're getting five-star recruits. If you're expecting a true freshman to step on the football field and be great at football their freshman year, you better have one of two things. An unbelievably mature young man, or a freak athlete, or better yet, both. Other than that, most teams, when you don't have veteran players and mature starting units, your team tends to play inconsistent and to struggle. Does that sound like any team you've been watching this year? Suddenly they can move the ball. Suddenly they're great. Suddenly uh, Keandre Lambert-Smith catches a 50-yard pass, but most of the time they're not. The transfer portal has done, I think, the most damage 
to the upper middle class teams in college football. The teams that aren't elite and not bringing in four and five and six deep at a position in terms of high four or five star athletes. So you can get a, you can get away with some attrition if you're Alabama when you are bringing in more four and five star players than other places. But if you lose depth and you lose a couple key players and if you miss on somebody now when you're recruiting, that's magnified even more because there are fewer and fewer options on the roster that aren't a freshman or a true freshman. So for Penn State, in a large way, that's how they ended up here. Now, that's only part of the story. And by the way, I feel very bad. I don't want to be beating on Cam Sullivan Brown in this moment, but it's a great example of what we're talking about. The other half of this has been we've paid a lot of attention to the offensive coordinator at Penn State under James Franklin. All the way back to his firing of John Donovan, who he brought from Vanderbilt, hiring of Joe Moorhead, the great offenses they had there, and chasing that explosiveness that they've wanted the entire time. They've gone through three now. But what we haven't really been paying as much attention to, and locally, if you followed this, and if you follow Penn State football, I'm not going to tell you anything new here, but it's important that we address this reality because it's literally at the receiver position. This is the receiving coach's timeline under James Franklin since Josh Gaddis left for Alabama to be the passing game coordinator and receivers coach, which prompted the great lateral move press conference that James Franklin talked about. We can't lose our coaches to lateral moves in the profession. So in 2019, to replace Gaddis, they brought in David Corley to coach the running backs. Up, oh, just kidding. He was going to be the running backs coach, but then J1 Sider became available, and Corley, who was already hired, was shifted over because Josh Gaddis was hired away last minute after Alabama won a national championship that year, I believe. And uh, Corley was already on the staff, so they moved him to receiver coach, where it didn't work. He was coming from a service academy as a running backs coach. I believe it was Army. But either way, it's a, it's a service academy. That's not a great recipe, and it didn't work. I don't think it's Corley's fault, but he was fired after one season. Then they brought in Jared Parker. Now, Jared Parker, in my brief interactions with him, I actually got to talk to him a couple times. I was super impressed with him as a football mind and as a positional coach. He had a great track record, and he was very smart, and he seemed to know the position really well. So well to that after one season, he left to be the offensive coordinator at West Virginia. And then, of course, Taylor Stubblefield is hired after that and is currently the receivers coach. So to the point of James Franklin, the football coach, doesn't know what he's doing, teams keep hiring his guys. All the way, even Ricky Ronnie became a head coach at Old Dominion, and we'll see what the results of that are long term. But his positional coaches and his offensive coordinators of the last couple of years have been poached on a regular basis by teams like Alabama and West Virginia, which is a, a good job for an offensive coordinator, maybe not the highest of profile places, but promoted and hired. That's what's been happening on the offensive side of the ball. And that sort of chaos, not only did it lose Penn State some four or five star receivers that didn't want to come to Penn State because of that situation, it also had an effect on just in general the recruiting. And maybe it's just one year, but remember, we're talking about the outflow of talent and the incoming talent. You can't have a dip in production. And TJ Jones has yet to see the field. John Dunmore, as we talked about, he transferred. He's on his second school now. So maybe he wouldn't be the guy, but he was a six foot two, four star receiver that had a lot of potential. And you never even got to see him on the football field for Penn State. 
So this is really the problem. They have not brought in any offensive talent outside of uh, John Lovett this year in the transfer portal. Again, Weston Carr. He's not my cousin or anything. Uh, he never saw the field for Penn State. So that's the problem. That's how you get into a situation where, again, Jahan Dotson is your number one wide receiver. And by the way, he was thrust into a starting role or a large contribution role early because Juwan Johnson transferred, starting this whole process. So that's how you end up in that particular situation where Dotson is your one threat and then you have a bunch of, even if you were to be uh, ignore their the COVID year last year, Keandre Lambert-Smith and Parker Washington are redshirt freshmen. They're sophomores, they're redshirt freshmen, whatever you want to label them as, they're young players. Back in the day, remember the back in the day people where you didn't see anyone until they were a redshirt junior because they had to physically and mentally mature? They didn't know the playbook inside and out. Mm-mm, that's all gone. All of that's gone. Either you have five-star recruits that get onto the football field and play, or you're young. You're inconsistent. And by the way, the reason Keandre Lambert-Smith wasn't out there was because he was benched. I watched the film. After he dropped the ball, he didn't come back on the football field. He dropped a third and 13 pass where he was had a crossing route and might have had the chance to get a first down. At least he would have had the chance to get a first down. He's had drops all season long. He's been inconsistent. So when they needed somebody out there, they put out Cam Sullivan Brown because there weren't any of the other options they've recruited over the years, and they didn't bring anyone else in the transfer portal. So James Franklin, the coach, in a situation where fourth and two, the game and the hope of the rest of the season for Penn State fans is on the line. You have two tight ends, Parker Washington and Keandre Lambert-Smith. And because Michigan is smart, they took away all the underneath options, and the only option for you, if you're James Franklin, was that go route. And make no mistake about it, James Franklin, the coach, is relying on James Franklin, the recruiter, to get him in a better situation there and have more options. So they have to figure it out. Transfer portal or not, recruiting, coaching, all of these things, it's on him to figure out the, the path forward that leads to more success than 6-4 and four this year. That's his goal. That's his stated goal. That's where he wants to go. But they've got to find a way to get wins so that the university will put money where his mouth is into investing in the program and getting more high-quality recruits so that you can survive this attrition. So it's a chicken or an egg situation. Next year, and the good news is, for Penn State football fans, the class of 2022 is loaded with talent. It genuinely is. There are great receivers. There's great defensive players. There's offensive tackles, which is another situation. I want to bring this up again, where Penn State brought in a new offensive coach because offensive guard Caden Wallace was the best option at tackle for this team because they were missing on tackle prospects. They weren't getting high-quality players to come in and play that position at Penn State. They had missed too many times. Phil Troutwine was brought in to fix that, and so far, in the class of 2022, they're trying to get four of them. So they're trying to fix these problems, but the problem is, without the transfer portal, and Spencer Rowland is coming in next season, and you brought in Eric Wilson this season on the offensive line, these problems don't just fix. It's not free agency in football as much as it might feel like it in the NFL. But like I said, James Franklin, the recruiter, has to find some way to fix this for James Franklin, the coach. 
That'll do it today for the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Thanks for stopping by. If you like the video, make sure you uh, hit the like button and, of course, hit subscribe to Blue White Illustrated on YouTube so you don't miss any more of the BWI Daily Edition. We will be back later this week. We'll be filling you in on what's going on with Penn State and Rutgers and, of course, practice updates after Penn State's open session on Wednesday. James Franklin press conference coming up tomorrow as well. It's all right here on YouTube for Blue White Illustrated. We'll talk to you then.